Hey everybody, I am excited to be talking to you again. It's been a minute. Um, shouldn't really start every time recording saying this, but um, that's what's happening because uh, my hunt from narratives have grown lazy and fat and haven't really been motivated to get out there in the jungle to uh, look for a narrative prey. Okay, it's a little violent, but uh, you get where I'm coming from. But I did want to tell you about something that happened to me the other day. Um, and I'm sort of editing this for for personal privacy reasons. Not not nothing bad. All actually really good things. But um, I don't know. I have a hard time being circumspect. It's not really one of my strengths. Um, but I have a hard time with a lot of things, so I shouldn't be surprised. So here's the story. Um, you probably don't know this, but I've become a bit of a watch geek over the years, um, and. Suffice it to say that like anything involving shopping or making a major kind of permanent type of decision or committed decision, I have to do a lot of research and kind of feel like I get some level of at least basic mastery, which seems sort of paradoxical term, but kind of, you know, some kind of level of fluency with the issue to make a decision like buying a sofa is not easy for me. And um, I really admire people, especially like my brother Mark and many others in my life who are just are like, oh, I just need a sofa. And they go to a store and they buy the sofa and it takes them about an hour. And I think that's really cool. It takes me a little bit longer than an hour, hopefully less than a year. In any event, so I had this watch that I just bought for myself after a lot of um, debate and you know financial stuff and just trying to figure it out. And I got this really cool... Timex reissue watch from the 70s. I am an issue original from the 70s, so perhaps I can relate to it. Um, the watch is not expensive. It's like $150, which for me is affordable. And um, I think it looks cool and it's very important. I know you're not going to really care about this, but it's exactly 38 millimeters diameter. And that um, makes a big difference to me. Now I'm realizing maybe it's width, but in any event, for my manly wrists, it looks great. So I get this watch. I spent a long time trying to think about what kind of watch I wanted, and then I, I finally bought it. Um, it was a total compromise from the watch of my dreams, but I don't really care about that right now. And um, I was in a slightly different part of Brooklyn than where I live. It's called Clinton Hill. It's about, it's precisely a 20-minute walk because it's where Emily lives. And um can talk about that later, perhaps. But in any event, um, I'm outside her apartment, and uh, I'm on the sidewalk on uh, a busy street, busy avenue, and um, I adjust my watch, or I just kind of like check my watch while I'm standing on the sidewalk, and the watch slips off my wrist and lands on a subway grate at my feet. And, and then I look at the watch, and I can't, I don't have any time to respond physically, but I'm sort of watching and I'm thinking, it's going to go through the grate, isn't it? And it goes right through the grate and lands about maybe maybe about eight feet, seven to eight feet below in kind of a, um, a pit, like a, a rectangular pit that's dark and, and foreboding and eight feet from my body. And there's no way that I can think of to pull up this grate. Uh, so I just kind of watch the watch and uh, I'm just like feeling like an idiot. 
it's not a huge expense. It wasn't given to me by my dad. Then it was like his watch from the Vietnam War or something super meaningful like that. It, it's just a watch. Uh, it is from the great state of Connecticut, which I'm very fond of as a New Englander. So I think it's cool to support American manufacturing and design, but whatever, that's a little academic. My watch is gone. So uh, I try to figure out what to do about this. And um, I go home, I do some research, I think about it, um, talk about it. And um, the next day or the day after, oh, and I call, I, I do some research and um, I guess I'm gonna try to tell the, the short version of it. So I go back to the grate with a very, a, a relatively powerful magnet and a twine. Um, and um, with Emily's help, uh, we position, I say we, she does the better job of this, gets the magnet like right on the watch. And like a dude kind of comes over to the sidewalk to watch us do it. And, um, and no, it, the magnet doesn't do anything. I, I learned later that watches are purposely designed not to be magnetic because that would mess up their timekeeping functionality even for a quartz watch. Okay, that makes sense. So now what? Um, go back home, do a little bit more Googling, and then learn about, um, from a New York Times article, learn about you can call 511. And that is not 311 for New York City residents, which is our kind of all-purpose complaint question line. This is um, for the uh, like statewide public transportation, not just the MTA, like uh, the trains, services. Anyways, it's a Sunday. I call this random number, wade through some voicemail menus, and actually got a really nice woman. She kind of has a New York accent, so that's a good sign. And she says I have to go to the station agent because and, and I explained that it's not really in the station. It's kind of like above the station right at the sidewalk. And she's like, kind of pats me on the head like a very dumb, dim-witted child and explains to me that she understands and I have to go to the station agent. So, um, uh, and this is, uh, whatever, some subway station in Brooklyn. So I, uh, I go back to the station agent. I go to the station agent the next day. And um, he's a nice guy. Um, I'm a white guy, almost 50 years old. He is a um, black man, maybe in his late 50s, something like that. Um, seems very friendly. And I notice right away that there's a little shelf. And he's in the ticket booth. And in New York City, this is like a completely enclosed rectilinear booth with very thick plexiglass. It's like a little bit overkill, I think. But that's how it is in New York. And um, you have to like talk through a, a microphone. And it, it's that kind of sort of 1970s Armageddon kind of vibe. And um, I noticed in his booth, there's like a little wooden shelf that he or somebody else had, had installed. And there's a little plant living on it, like a little succulent. And it just seemed very beautiful down there in the subway under artificial light that somebody had figured this out. Um, and I like to think that it's this guy whose name I didn't get. Uh, he didn't have it posted anywhere. And he says, okay, I can help you. Um, and I'm a little sheepish. I'm like, it's not that expensive. He's like, look, it's your property. You deserve to get it back. Okay, agreed. So he says, I got to get your information. What's your name? Zachary. Oh, my son's name is Zachary. My father's name was Zachary. I love that name. And I think, oh, thank, great. Yeah, you have good taste in names or some little small talk like that. And I, I think, I'm, and I'm guessing the guy's not Jewish, um, but, you know, who knows? But that's just my guess. And I'm thinking in my head, the name means God remembers. Zachariah. Zachar is uh, remember, and Yah as a suffix is like 
related to God, like Jeremiah, Joshua, that kind of thing. So um, I just sort of think, all right, God remembers. File that away. And um, he takes down my phone number and he says, it's going to take a couple of days. Somebody's going to call you and you're going to have to come out to the subway grate and, um, and see what they can do. Okay, great. I go back home. I realize I just said, okay, great. But that's not very funny, but there it is. I should edit it out, but I won't. Anyways, so I go back home and I'm sort of like on my laptop and uh, things are kind of slow in January for my business, which I find very, very hard because I like to be busy. And uh, the phone rings. And, you know, nowadays, usually you just uh, ignore these messages if you don't know the caller. But I pick it up and... Um, this guy, like, kind of like with a maybe like a Slavic or you know, Russian accent, says, uh, the guys are going to be at the grate in 15 minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, that's fast. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there. So I get on a city bike and I, and I pedal, 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 jump off the city bike, get over to, to this grate. Um, I uh, had just seen Emily. I didn't want to like pester her or be annoying, but I was like, well, I'm standing in front of her apartment. I, I got to sort of say, you know, want to say hi, or that I'm, at least that I'm down here. So I shoot her a note, letting her know I'm down here. Um, and um, soon, like, like just almost immediately, I would say it's like a, a Ford uh, 350 or so. It's like a, a pretty, like a pretty good sized um, work, modified work uh, MTA white pickup truck shows up with a bunch of guys on it. Kind of all jump out. It's about uh, three older white guys, and uh, I kind of wave at them. They they nod at me, and we have one of those like "How you doing?" kind of gruff, kind of not tough guy, but just kind of like one of those gruff kind of in my mind, sort of like a working class kind of like working man's kind of conversation. Like, "What's up? What what happened to you?" You know, I dropped my watch. It's kind of I'm kind of you know feel kind of stupid about it. That kind of thing. Really nice guys. Um, one of them is a bigger guy, like like kind of a heavier guy, sticks a cigarette in his mouth. So he's kind of getting a cigarette break in with this uh, emergency call for me, non-emergency call. Anyways, they, they come over, they, they look at the watch, they ask me to identify it, I do. They look at it, they talk, they hem and they haw, they say, ah, it's got the fucking clips on it, this one. And now these guys sound like they're from Boston all of a sudden, but they're not. They're like Brooklyn originals for sure. And... Um, Soon enough, they, they, they take a, one of the guys takes an Allen key wrench. Is it just an Allen wrench that has keys on it? I don't know. But he takes this Allen wrench thingy, and I'm like, oh, don't drop it, man. And he, he, he doesn't drop it. He knows what he's doing. He loosens up some of these clips on the grate. Another guy shows up um, with a uh, crowbar, and um, there, two of them take their crowbars, and they just kind of pull up the grate very you know it took some strength for sure and they've obviously done it before but it really takes like five seconds it was very impressive third guy now has a ladder um like an aluminum kind of worker's ladder and uh puts it chucks it down the hole you know and they kind of you know shore it up a little bit check it and these guys are pretty big in my opinion um I think I'm normal sized and other people are taller, but uh, they probably think I'm short and they're normal sized. So I uh, I say, hey, how about I go down? It's my property. Like, I'll just do it. 
And they're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We're going to get fucking fired. You know, like they're like, no, you cannot go. You can't go anywhere near this infrastructure. And uh, but I don't know. I, w- I meant it sincerely. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, so we're just kind of like yucking it up. One of the guys shoots down there, grabs the watch, brings it back up and gives it to me. And um, then they close the grate and it's over so fast. I sort of debate, should I give them a tip? You know, this watch is not worth a lot of money. What do I give them like, you know, $20 each? Like, I, I didn't really know what to do. Um, I guess I can't be alone in feeling like super awkward about that kind of stuff. But uh, they didn't say anything at all. They certainly weren't waiting around for me to give them money. They just packed up the ladder and hauled ass and got out of there. And um, I, I just sort of all of a sudden, you know, as soon as like all the action was over, I just had a very special feeling inside. And I felt really happy to have met these guys and talked to them and interacted with them for a little bit. These are the people who keep our infrastructure going every day. Um, I said, I love the MTA. And at one point, and the guy's like, well, you're going to hate us again two weeks later. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think I've, I, I really like the subway system. I think it's kind of amazing. Um, and I just had this kind of a glow. And it was, it's a cold winter day, but there's the sun is out. Uh, the weather is beautiful. Um, I have food in my belly. I have shelter. Um, I have a job that hopefully gets busier soon. I have uh, people I really love in my life and who love me. Uh, it just, everything kind of came together. So like I said, it, things have been a little slow. So I took kind of a long way home, um, walking south mostly. So I had the sun on my face the whole time. Felt really good. The watch on my wrist. I also felt proud of myself for following through, you know, that's something that's so important to me. I don't know that I really think about it very much. I just kind of do it. But not leaving something undone is hard for me. And perhaps I should learn how to be better at that. But I do, I do, at this moment, I felt rewarded for my tenacity and um, for meeting these guys. And it, it just kind of uh, made me think of, of the meaning of my name, God Remembers. That even though it's a small thing, that there is some sense of divinity and holiness in our daily moments. And it was just, it was just a great day. So um, thank you very much for listening to this very brief epistle from my life in Brooklyn now. And um, I wish you the best. And uh, like Journey says in 1981, don't stop believing. Bye-bye. Just a city bus